Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Syracuse eventually showed up in D.C. with under 10 minutes left in the second half to tie the game against Georgetown at the end of regulation, bringing it to overtime where they squeaked out an 86-79 victory over the Hoyas. We'll recap that game for you. Then Syracuse finishes off the last three non-conference games at home in the Carrier Dome, the first of which Tuesday, December 19th at 7 o'clock against Buffalo and Friday, December 22nd at 7 o'clock against St. Bonaventure. We'll turn to Joe. He'll pre you those games for you let's go make some noise orange fans it's time for the juice nation podcast with sean and joe give us a like on facebook at facebook.com forward slash juice nation podcast all right what's up juice nation thank you for tuning in to episode 44 of the juice nation podcast we can be found on itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and YouTube. I am Sean alongside my good buddy Joe. Joe, hi, buddy. Sean, hello. Hello. So, Syracuse improves to 9-1, ruined Georgetown's previously perfect record at 8-0. The the easiest uh, um, non-conference schedule in the country, ranked 351 out of 351. And um, they lose their first real test to Syracuse, but they put up a fight. Both teams fought. And by the way, this is episode 44, and everybody knows about the the 44. So I, I, you know, I scoured YouTube for like a a history of the 44 for for Syracuse. Then I googled and I googled, and I found like I found literature on it, like written up in like articles and blogs and stuff. But I didn't find anything on YouTube that was extensive. So, but I found something. And it has to do with, like, the number and the uniforms of the 2014 football team. But anyways, it doesn't matter because it still pertains to today. It's not, like, outdated or anything. But that'll be at the end instead of the regular close. I'll, we'll play that at the end. So, Joe, Syracuse getting off to an extremely slow start again. It's pretty much, that's their trademark, it seems like. With under 10 minutes to play, with about 10 minutes to play, they're down by 13. They just chipped away methodically, chipped away, chipped away. It always was like, no matter how much time was left on the clock, you were looking at the score and they, you were saying, they're not out of it yet. They're not out of it yet. And the less time they got, the less the, the gap was to getting this game tied up or taking the lead. And they actually had a legit shot at the end of regulation to just pull it out with, you know, <laughs> um, no time on the clock. I think there was the um, Howard stole the ball and t- broke away for a, for a layup with one minute remaining. And then um, they got the ball back, battle drove in the lane, floated a jumper. That didn't go. Moyer fought for the rebound, um, threw it back out to Howard. 
took a three-pointer, missed that, seconds, seven seconds left. Uh, Brissett grabbed the rebound. He went back up, couldn't, couldn't make the shot, and then Georgetown finally gathered the rebound, and time ran out. So I had to do over. Oh, then there was a foul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we, then we had the nerve to call a foul with point, you know, what, I mean, if the foul occurred, it, it occurred with like point zero two seconds left on the clock, you know, and it's like, yeah, and I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the officiating being not being black and white. Like I get it, you know, you know, it's all, it's kind of, to me, it's, it's not that it needs to be black and white, I guess is what I'm saying is that it just needs to be consistent in the game. And yep. you don't, you don't call that. You don't call that foul anyway, unless it's like a blatant elbow or something violent. You don't you don't call that, you know, unless it's really, really, really flagrant. I wouldn't even bother calling that. No. Um, so, yeah, we had to go to the replay. If that game, <laughs> Joe, if that, yeah, we had to sweat that out. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, did have to sweat that out. If that game ended like that, that would have been an atrocity, man. Yeah. And, and there would have been a freaking uproar. It's all you'd hear about. You wouldn't hear about any of the play. All you would hear about is the end of that game. And yeah. it almost happened. And the other, you know, the refs, they decide to to blow it off. But anyway, um, Joe, give me your give me your take, dude. First, give me give me your what what is the deal with the slow starts? And I mean, nine points in the first 10 minutes of this game for Syracuse. Um, yeah, and, well, I, I mean, and, it wasn't like Georgetown came out like gangbusters either. So I know, but that's the but thing. we talked though, about. Can, we talked about it. I feel like. Every every game, a team's gonna have a feeling out process of playing our two three zone, and we have to be able to take advantage of that. In the beginning, there the first couple of possessions that looked like it, but we just got to get in there and just get easy buckets. And um, a lot of it just has to do with a lot of uh, like a lack of options. If you look at throughout the whole game, really, I mean, there was forty five minutes worth of play, and Brissett played forty five minutes, Battle played forty five minutes, Howard played forty four minutes, and we scored eighty six points. But other than those three. Our team scored 13 points from 11 shots. So when you look at, you know, where the shots are coming from, I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of, a lot of, I mean, you're looking at 58 shots between Battle Brissett and Howard. Yeah. And 11, 11 from the rest of the team. Yeah. So those are our three offensive uh, uh, players, but we're going to need more than that on most most nights. So <clears throat> what made tonight scary, or yesterday, I should say, scary, was that we talked about Georgetown's like easy non-conference schedule, but they never they didn't play anybody good. So it's really, the there was the you know there was a mystery of not knowing yeah. how good they really were. So and they looked they looked pretty legit because I didn't think we were playing bad and early, but I mean. We're, we, this whole year we've been a, a second half team and you could tell that just our defense aggressiveness, um, especially O'Shea Brissett, uh, in the second half, they came through and once, uh, once that, um, power forward there for Georgetown, I forget what his name is. Um, once he got, uh, followed out with like seven, six or seven minutes left, we started making that comeback. And like you said, just chipped away. Gavin? So is that Gavin, Gavin, whatever his name is. No, no, Govan. He was Govan. he was in the the whole game. No, I oh, think it was like Derrickson, Marcus Derrickson. I think it was. Um, but yeah, we just did the we, you know ran the press and we got some steals. They missed a couple, um, you know, layups or you know some contested shots. They got some easy ones too. But that, that's what you have to do when you're down that many points is just speed up the game and hope that they uh, make some mistakes and you just gotta score. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, and we did. So it, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. A really good win. It, really good win. It was a good win, and it was an it was um, an exciting game. I particularly don't like games like that. I don't need to be. Um, well, uh, get know, get used to those. I know. I know. Right. Maybe a lot of those this year. I, feel. I know it. So. Um, Battle finished with a career high of 29 points. Again, it's like every game is a career high for these two guys. Uh, him and O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea Brissett with 25 points for his career high. and 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds. Just phenomenal. Um, he scored 24 of his points after halftime. He scored one point in the first half. And this is what he had to say about that. You said you were more aggressive in the second half. Was the first half, was it nerves? Was it not finding your place in the offense? Like, why weren't you as aggressive early on? Um, I wasn't nervous. I tried to treat it like every other game, but they, their game plan was, it was kind of weird. I would go set a screen, and the man would stay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were boxing me out every time a shot went up. Yeah. You know, they were they were on me. So I just had to just try to find different spots to get open, and um, I was able to do that in the second half. Yeah, and basically he had to adjust to the defense, you know, basically taking care of him for the entire first half. So good on him for coming back after being shut down the first half and scoring 24 points. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So he's been in a shooting streak from the three point line too. He shot four or seven and um, that allowed him to be a lot more difficult to guard. And uh, with his size and the way that he can uh, drive and dribble and, and, and penetrate with the ball. And if he can shoot threes like that, then he's, going to be very difficult to guard. So hopefully uh, he can keep up the confidence. Yeah. Um, between, I mean, between him and battle, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just superstars and um, enjoy them while they're here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if they keep playing like that, I'm afraid it's, it's only the matter of saying, you know, I'm in and they'll be gone. So um, the good, here's the, here's the, I'm going to give you the two, the good and the bad. The good is that the three ball is you has worked against us every game this year, just about just about every game. I can't think of a game where it really didn't impact us in a negative way. This game, on the other hand, we outscored Georgetown in threes 30 to six. And Georgetown is a team that can actually uh, shoot the three. Joe, they, they have a couple guys that can go off, as you mentioned last uh, episode, Um Syracuse was 10 of 23 from the three-point line, and that's the obviously that's the best they've done offensively and defensively all year with the three. Um, yeah. Just, just putting it away. And in overtime, Battle had two clutch, clutch threes within, like, the first minute. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. So, and the other thing, the one thing that I don't think this is a trend, um, uh, this, this next thing I'm about to say coming up, but... Um, Sadibi and Chukwu, we, we know Sadibi's not 100%, but Chukwu and, and Sadibi combined for a total of two points and four rebounds. Combined. Yeah. Yeah, that can't happen. That can't happen. Nope. And, and that's, that is their big man. <laughs> you know, he's a big, he's a big guy. So, um, you know, I hope that these two don't struggle uh, when they're really challenged down low like that. They got to find a way to score more and, and grab more rebounds than that. That's just, a, that's well, just a, a, especially rebound, Sean. Uh, I mean, Chukwa tallest player in Syracuse basketball history plays 24 minutes and only gets three rebounds. Yeah. And so he, he missed time. That can't the key rebound at the yep. end of regulation. Remember Joe? 
Yes, sir. He jumped way too early for a rebound that was eventually gathered up by Brissett, right? And then to Frank, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and then to and then Frank he got Howard, blocked. and he got blocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he's got it. He's, those are... Those are things that that's elementary stuff, man. Timing your jumps and stuff. Seven two, come on, man. You got to grab that. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't. And hurt. those two points weren't even till that L U P in overtime. Exactly, and and it wouldn't hurt for for both of those guys to eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know what <laughs> like I'm saying? All, all like, of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, all all in all, I really think it was okay. I mean. I, I wasn't that impressed, but Syracuse did. The, the one thing you could say about Georgetown, and, and you got to give them this, Patrick Ewing had those guys ready for the zone. Yeah. And it, and it felt like that that's probably really what they, I mean, and I know teams focus on this, but some teams, they don't, they don't adjust well to it. And Georgetown did, like we talked yeah. about them getting off to a slow start as well. So they actually played the 2-3 zone too. Uh, uh, Patrick Ewan thinking, you know, he'd be a little cute and do that. Joe, do you think that when they did that, it seemed to me, I felt like Syracuse struggled a little more. Um, they play this zone. They should know this zone a little better. Georgetown played the zone more in this game than they have all season. And they gave us a taste of our own medicine in that sense. And do you think, in your opinion, did this shine more of a spotlight on the Orange's outside shooting being subpar, let's just say? Well, I think that their 2-3 zone, them playing a 2-3 zone could have helped, could have been the reason why we actually shot the ball a little bit better from three-point line. I mean... I don't remember every single possession of, every, of what they played as far as defense goes. I know Georgetown had some guys in foul trouble, so they went from man to zone. Um, otherwise, I don't think they would have done it. Um, but with man-to-man, um, battle, battle Brissett and Howard, they were tough to guard. And um, they're tough to guard man-to-man. Um, but the 2-3 zone, uh, I thought that we had got some good three-point shots out of that. I thought there was a, some good times uh, when uh, Howard – Drove the middle, penetrated, and dumped it off, and Moyer got some easy dunks. So, um, honestly, I think that we just got to get we got to get going early. I think our offense in the, yeah. in the second half was fine. I think uh, once we get speed up the game and, and get it into you know press mode when we're down like that, I mean, I don't think that the defense. I mean, I, I really don't even remember what defense they were playing, but I mean, we were playing so fast and getting up the court, a couple steals and, and stuff like that, to where. I mean, the defense are playing really doesn't matter too much. So, I don't know. I just thought the way that we were playing um, Georgetown's defense at the end of the game really didn't matter. I think that they just got a they got a lead because of like what you said, Patrick Ewing. He had them ready to play physical defense, like uh, what O'Shaver set said. I mean, you you saw it. I mean, they were disciplined and they got bodies, you know, and box outs um, all all game. You know, they we could have out rebounded them a lot more. So. Um, I'm just disappointed in the starts, really. And you yeah, can't let a team get up like that. And yeah. like, like you said, Georgetown, they did, um, they did play the zone very well. But again, like the three point shooting was, 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 I think the, uh, the difference. Oh, so. it, it definitely was. And, you know, Syracuse lost the rebound battle in the first half, 21 to 18, but they came back actually to, to stay on top once again, of yep. their opponent at the end of the game. 44 to 37 when all was said and done. So um, they finished with 14, you know, to get that lead. And you talked about the press. And at first, 
they're our press. They were beaten. They beat our press g- good a couple times. They really yeah. They went they went down, and that's expected. But they played. We played that press. Beheim played that press for a really long time, and that usually only works for a couple minutes. This time, it seemed like it took a couple minutes for it to actually take effect. And then once it did, they got a couple turnovers. They got a couple fast breaks. You know, they were just yeah. confusing things a little bit, and it actually, you know, was kind of like the reverse of what you're used to seeing. And that's what brought him back in the game. Um, yeah. Well, you saw they just they started getting playing tight. You yeah. have a lead, you're not playing tight. You know, then all of a sudden. Your second best rebounder, your power forward, fouls out, and then your lead goes, you know, from 13 to 10, 10 to 7, and then all of a sudden we hit one big three, and the next thing you know, you know, it's a completely different game. Now they're playing tight. They made a couple mistakes. So, yeah, the um, the, the unsung hero in some of this. We we talked about Frank Howard getting that steal and the fast break. Um, I think that was to tie the game, actually. Yes, the layup. It was. Yeah. Um, which was phenomenal, and you know he deserves a lot of credit for that. But um, Merrick, he also he also had a couple key rebounds. He's just in the right spot at the right time. Seems like more often than not, he's right where he needs to be. And he took a nasty spill, Ugh. and um, it didn't look it didn't look good to me. I thought that he was probably going to be out for that game. And the way he landed. And I, I didn't know whether to be worried about his shoulder or collarbone or his or his head. I mean, the dude, yeah. it's that's those are the only things that hit the floor. So um, he's no, just it looked like he broke the whole right side of his body. <laughs> I know, right? He didn't have anything break his fall. And he's just he's just a scra- he's the scrappy, energetic, disruptive type that you got you got to have one of those on your team. And he he's in the right right spot. It seems like all the time. And the little things, Joe, the little things he does in the end makes a big difference. And yep. he, he's great. I love him. He's fantastic. Yeah. So big, huge key contributor. Yeah. All in all, it's, all in all, it's a good win. I mean, last uh, last couple of years, we've been getting hurt with uh, our non-conference and the games that we've lost and stuff like that. So that was probably one of our only true um road games because the UConn game and even if we would have beat Kansas neutral those are two neutral yeah, yeah. so um just to have an actual true road game and, and beat a team that was 8-0 and now they're 8-1 they only they went 14 and 18 last year so I can't really see them being worse than last year so I think they are not behind uh, Patrick Ewing's got him got Georgetown going in the right direction yeah. and hopefully like, hopefully they can go out there and, and be a tournament team and make it look like a good road win yeah, no doubt. And um, credit to being as far removed from actual Big East rival- rivalry as we are, the crowd, um, very disruptive, very loud. And I don't care who you are, you know, Coach, I think Coach Beheim said in his press conference, you know, the crowd is the crowd, but, you know, you got to work. Yeah, you got you to gotta play. You got to put it out of your mind. You got to put it out of your head. But it's, it's hard. That crowd was loud. And that crowd yeah. was, they were, they were energetic um, and they were on their feet almost the whole time. It's tough to play in an environment like that. And Syracuse came back from 13 down and to, to tie it going to overtime and win the game. So yeah, it's a big, I mean, it, it, it made my afternoon, man. I oh, mean, especially yes. being on like CBS, you know, with that, uh, with the NCAA like music, you know, their, their oh, NCAA basketball yeah. music's like the March Madness music. So I mean, every time they went to commercial or came back, it's like, 
It's got that thing in your it's, head. I mean, it made, just the music of the CVS made it seem like it was a more important game than it really was. And plus, being Georgetown, being down, them coming back, going into overtime, winning. I mean, it's just a, a great game. And as bad as we started, I mean, we didn't give up and we we finished. So, it, you know, yeah, nine I mean, and one, nine and one in non-conference. We got a, a decent road game, a win against UConn and Maryland. No bad losses. Only lost against a top ten team in Kansas. So as long as we uh, knock on wood, uh, don't lose any of our last three games against these uh, opponents, non-conference opponents, then um, you know we should be twelve and one going into ACC play. So yeah, it's not looking too bad. So give me Joe, give me your grade, give me your grade to wrap up Georgetown. Give me your grade for Saturday afternoon's game. Um, all all in all, overall, I think it's hard to give them an A, but um. Oh, it's very hard, I would say. <laughs> I would say for the first 30 minutes of the game, it was about a C. And about the last 15 minutes, it was about a A minus. That's what I'll give it. Okay. I can't give it. I can't give the whole All game right. one grade. I can't I, do it. You can't do it, huh? Well, no, I, because I we came back from 13. We won in overtime. I mean, the resiliency that you, we showed, it's it's very hard to be unbiased and give them an overall grade. So. I know. It I look like you. two different teams in two different halves. Really, I know, so. but that's that's. I hate that. I hate that. That's one thing yeah. that's just like our staple sometimes. And it, football too has done it. Football did. Dude, there's it. a reason we're nicknamed the cardiac cues for a reason. <laughs> I, I know, but geez, it doesn't matter who's on the team or or any of that. No, nope. just it's just how it nope. is. Um, Game flow. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, Joe. Who we got? Buffalo coming in first. We're gonna give you. We're gonna preview. Um, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, right. <laughs> Buffalo Bills on a tear right now. By the way, I know in the playoffs right now. It's crazy. I know it. Um, so well, they got the tiebreaker with Baltimore right now. I think because Baltimore yeah. today. Um, Buffalo's coming into the dome. We got three games left before conference play. Conference play opens up against Virginia Tech in the dome. I wish I could get to that game. That would be awesome, being living in Virginia now. That would be awesome. Um, but they open up conference play against Virginia Tech in the Dome, but we got three more non-conference games first, the first of which um, is Buffalo Joe. Give me the breakdown. Give me the Buffalo breakdown. The Buffalo breakdown? Yeah, give it to me. Now, well, now. they are um, – <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> hello. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Uh, no, they're a uh, Buffalo team out of the Mac. Um, they're seven and three this year and, uh, haven't really given too many, um, shout outs to, to Ken Pomeroy, but, uh, KP. yep. Checked him up today. And, um, right now he's got us at 52. Um, and he's got Buffalo at 127. Um, there are three losses that came to, um, they lost a the game to South Dakota state by a pretty good margin. I've actually seen them play in, I'm kind of going to be willing to bet that come March Madness, you're going to be hearing something about South Dakota State and being a, a Cinderella as far as possible uh, bracket buster. But um, they also lost the game to uh, at Cincinnati by six, and they lost the game to St. Bonaventure um, by 11. Uh, their best win right now is a game versus UAB. Um, but other than that, they've just been playing teams um, around, you know, the metropolitan new york area <laughs> so <laughs> yeah right it's yeah it hasn't been too impressive you know teams from the northeast and stuff like that so they don't have a key 
key win or anything like that. But um, they do play. They like to play really, really fast. And um, they start four guards and a forward. Nick Perkins, 6'8", uh, junior. Most of them, five out of the six guys that uh, average double figures are juniors. So they don't really have the height that uh, you would see, but they do have a 6'10 forward that comes off the bench, uh, Kenneth Smart, which I really wouldn't be surprised if he started against us because of the length. But they do like to get out and run, like I said again, because of the, the guards uh, that they feature. Uh, their best player, C.J. Massenberg, 6'3", uh, uh, junior, uh, guard, 20 points, uh, 8 rebounds that he averages per game. So they, for their league, I think that they um, are going to be pretty good. But as far as competing against us i just don't really see it like i said they lost to st bonaventure by 11 who's going to be our next opponent and um i mean losing at cincinnati by six isn't awful but with our i mean they do have some guys that can shoot some threes but like again like i said they like to to play fast so i don't really know it all really would depend on how patient they can be because if if they're just going to run up and down the court with our length with our two three zone and just take quick shots it's probably not going to work out too well for them so um but from what i've seen they, What's that? They, I'm sorry. They they were they're not going to be able to do that. I don't think. No, no, I don't think so either. Like again, I, I know that they got some guys that can shoot. Um, you know, it is Division One basketball, but um, just based upon their the game flow that their team has, and and you know the philosophy of going, 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 um, it just doesn't bode well for uh for them against us and our defense and height. Um, it could against other teams and um power five teams in, in division one but with us i th- i think they're gonna have a really hard time unless they find some patience uh limit the turnovers and they move the ball around and they actually can you know shoot some threes and really really beat us with the threes then i don't i see it being rather close early based upon how we've been playing in the first half but i can see us pulling away and get a, a pretty easy uh, double digit win by the end of it so that's kind of what i'm looking for at home at home Tuesday, yeah. So you just don't want to let down after what happened on Saturday. And Buffalo did have, did play a game on Saturday as well. So they um they don't have any extra rest or anything like that. So do you sit Sadibi for Buffalo? Uh, I mean, I mean, he's not. I would have. I would if well. I would if you could. You would. Okay. Yeah. I mean, play play Chukwa and. If Moyer's doing good and everything's going well, send American there. Send American there, play him in the middle, and then if stuff starts getting out of control, if they're, you know, smart on their other team, six um, ten coming off the bench, if he comes in and he starts wrecking some havoc uh, against Dolje, then maybe you have to get Sadibi in there. But just like this past week, I mean, I know he had a lot of fouls, but a lot of it was because I was moving too. He only played eleven minutes, and I'd probably look for him to play probably less than that. Um, yeah, Chuku on the fouls, he needs to chill. He needs to chill. Some of them are really just stupid fouls. And, well, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, he's a big dude, and I get it, and he's lengthy, and, and he gets his he can get his arms into things, but he's got to fix that. Um, yeah, he still looks like he's trying to get some of that coordination down. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like a, it's like a newborn horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe, give me, give me uh, the, the, the Bonaventure preview St. Bonaventure coming to the dome on Friday both of these games are at seven o'clock by the way give me what to look for for St. Bonaventure St. Bonaventure same thing when I was looking at uh, Ken Palm I looked at and uh, they have he has them at uh, 67 Um, so they're a little bit more formidable team they play in the Atlantic 10 who uh, annually gets 
three to five teams in the NCAA tournament. So it is a uh, competitive league. Um, right now, San Bonaventure sits at eight and two. Their only loss is first game of the season um, versus Niagara by two points, and then a loss uh, to TCU by 10. And, uh, and TCU's, I believe, currently a ranked team. So, uh, again, St. Bonaventure is on one of those. And they don't have a good win either. They're, a lot of their wins are, you know, the Canisius and um, Vermont, you know, type games. And um, so, again, St. Bonaventure is one of those teams because they did kind of come to this season they have a uh, three senior guards that start and um they've came into the season is kind of like you know a decent team that's supposed to finish pretty pretty well in the same um in the a10 so it's one of those teams where we just don't know how good they are because like again tcu is a good team in niagara um niagara the first game of the season you never really know what happened with that but um yeah, it's it's one of those games that's pretty. It's one of these typical. This is like the last game, in my opinion. This is like the last. This is this one, the one game like Toledo. Could... It's like Toledo. Like we didn't really know what to think about Toledo because they're pretty decent, and you know. Yes, I I understand where you're, where you're coming with that, but Toledo they play in the MAC along with um, Buffalo and the same as Eastern Michigan, who's yeah, going to be true. our last non-conference opponent in the MAC. Usually, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. It might have happened, but I don't know if it's ever happened to where the Mac's gotten any more than one team. Maybe a couple times they've gotten an at-large bid, but they're one of those conferences where they're they're considered a little bit lower than the A10. And and like again, I said, A10 usually gets three to five teams out of their conference. So, um, again, St. Bonaventure is just in a better league. They do have better talent. They have again, like I said, three uh, senior guards. Um, Two of which, uh, the starting point guard, I believe, six-two uh, senior guard Jalen Adams averages eighteen points a game as long as uh, as long uh, along with Matt Mobley, who is a uh, senior guard that averages eighteen points. So um, they have a good backcourt, and again, you know how that goes with playing against two-three zone. So the only thing that I'm kind of I don't want to say. It makes me a little bit more reassured, but again, they kind of have a similar height to um, Buffalo, and they do play a, a three-yard set. Uh, they the, the tallest guy that they started in recent games was six eight, just like Buffalo. But they do have a guy that comes off the bench that's six ten. Um, so how they use their height against us compared to other teams they played, don't know. Um, another thing though that's that's. Uh, kind of on my radar is that they, they play Northeastern on Wednesday. So we play a game on Tuesday. They have a game on Wednesday. They got a way quicker um, turnaround and they're coming, they're playing an away game. Right. Although, you know, St. Bonaventure is in New York, so it's not like it's a huge, like a long trip, but still, um, nonetheless, they're going to have Syracuse going to have one more day rest. And, um, again, I just think this is a game that just comes down to, the three-point shooting, and I think that with the backcourt they have and the fact that they have more talented guards and it's a more talented team overall, they could have the patience to pass the ball around and come down, and I think it just comes down to three-point shooting again as far as St. Bonner Adventure is concerned. I mean, if we play our defense and we can score consistently, then we'll be okay. But that's, if there's a game left in our non-conference that I'm worried about that could come back to bite us, would probably be that game. So... Oh, okay. You're putting a little doubt in us. 
Look, they're a good team, man. They yeah. got good guards, and again, I mean, well, even I, after even even after the Northeastern game on Wednesday, it's really not going to tell you too much. They just haven't played. TCU is a top twenty-five team, so other than that, everybody else they played has kind of just been a low a lower team. So, yeah. and then of course with Buffalo and with St. Bonaventure, both they have that whole you know in-state rivalry type thing. You know, the smaller schools other than SU in the state always want to beat them. You know. It's like the the little brother, big brother thing. So right, yeah. So it should be interesting, but and, and we're previewing previewing two two games at once because it's too quick of a turnaround. Yeah. So um, we'll be back after St. Bonaventure, and we'll talk about we'll talk about those games, uh, Buffalo and St. Bonaventure, and then we'll preview um, Eastern Michigan or yeah. East East Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Yeah, it's Eastern Michigan. Yeah, okay. like I mean, if I had to to pick both games, I'd say that we win both. Um, I think Buffalo should should be a rather easy win, but um, St. Bonaventure can be a nail biter, can be a scary one, could bring the Cardi SQs back to their feet. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had to guess, after next Friday night. We'll be uh, eleven and one, and um, we'll be able to podcast and talk about the next game and, and figure out where we stand with the other ACC teams and if we'll even be close to being ranked at that point. So, yeah, it will. It will, we will see. We will know a lot more by then in another week. Um, all right. Well, hey, look, we got this little. This is just about a minute long on um, a quick little clip on some of the the forty four number um, and having to do with the the uniforms starting in 2014 so we'll be back here after after saint bonaventure uh for joe i'm sean we're out peace you won't find a college of numerology at syracuse but you will find a magic number it's the number worn by jim brown floyd little and ernie davis all of whom went on to earn All-American honors. And it's a number that comes with a legend. If you think the legend of 44 is just a myth, well, consider that the university changed its zip code and phone exchange just to incorporate back-to-back fours. And you'll find tributes to that storied palindrome all over Syracuse's new uniforms, starting at the yoke, where a military-style insignia bears the iconic number. Right below that, you'll see a pattern on the numbers. Believe it or not, those lines are pitched at a 44-degree angle, and it's a pattern mimicked on the shoulders and pants as well. There are other tributes on this year's digs, like elongated numbers meant to mimic the New York skyline, or mantras hidden beneath the jersey. But it's the magic number that's front and center on these legendary uniforms. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.